Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Real. Newcastle Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. I invite you to close your eyes and imagine. Imagine that there are no buildings, no roads, no cars, just the trees, plants, animals and the very first storytellers of this land, the Awabakal and Waramai people. So I acknowledge them as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land in which we live. Welcome to Newcastle Libraries, Your Summer Stories. Hello, I'm Danny, and welcome to the Your Summer Stories for Newcastle Libraries in 2023. I'm lucky enough today to be joined by Tobias Madden. Tobias is an author and editor from Sydney, Australia. His debut young adult fiction novel, The ABIA, award listed Anything But Fine, is out now in Australia and New Zealand with Penguin Teen and the US with Page Street YA. His second YA novel, Take a Bow, Noah Mitchell, is out in Australia and New Zealand and coming to the US in January 3rd, 2023. Originally from Ballarat, Tobias worked for 10 years as a performer, touring Australia and New Zealand with musicals such as Mary Poppins, Cats, Singing in the Rain and Guys and Dolls. In 2019, he edited and published Underdog, the first Love Oz YA short story anthology for previously unpublished Aussie young adult fiction writers. Also in 2019, he wrote the cabaret show Siblingship, which played to sold-out audiences in Sydney, Melbourne and Canberra. Tobias is a passionate member of the Love Oz YA and LGBTQ plus communities and currently works part-time in theatre marketing. Again, Tobias, thank you so much for joining us. I really, really appreciate your time today. My pleasure. I'm so excited to chat. I have to say, I absolutely, I mean, it's just given, I absolutely love Take It Well, <laughs> No Habitual. There's so many things that I kind of really enjoyed about it. But one of the ones I have to admit is just so many pop culture references that made me laugh <laughs> so much throughout the whole whole story. And I guess what inspired you to write Take About Noel Mitchell? And did you do any specific research? Not so much, on, I guess, on the theatre side of things. So I guess you're, you're pretty across that one, but more, <laughs> I guess, with the pop culture and the gaming side. So I started working on Take About Noel Mitchell um, towards the end of 2020, which, you know, if we cast our minds back a couple of years, was a pretty uh, <laughs> awful time mm. for a lot of people for many different reasons. And so when I sat down to figure out what I wanted to write about in my second book, I kind of just wanted to write about things that would bring me joy, things that I loved and things that would make me happy because, you know, writing a book is a long, arduous process. (laughs) And so, you know, after everything we'd been through and, you know, I didn't know at that point would continue to go through over the next sort of year and a half or so. Yeah, I just really wanted to be able to enjoy what I was writing about. And so I... I was like, what did I really love when I was a teenager? One was obviously theatre. That was a huge part of my life. And the other thing was gaming. And so then I was kind of trying to decide which one I wanted to write about and eventually decided to just write about them both. But then I had to sort of come up with a plot where I would be able to combine these two things because, you know, gaming and theatre don't necessarily go hand in hand. And that's how we've kind of ended up with I guess, you know, Noah's harebrained scheme in the book to sort of join the cast of this musical to meet his online crush. In terms of research, I mean, yeah, the theatre stuff, I <laughs> didn't need to do any research at all. Nor the gaming stuff, to be honest, that was, you know, such a big part of my childhood and sort of early adulthood. And I was really drawing on the influences of the games that I used to play, sort of less so than 
the kind of games that maybe today's teams would play, all those kind of Fortnite games and stuff like that. That was well past my time. But then I, yeah, kind of modernized things a bit and tried to bring everything forward into the, you know, the current day. The pop culture stuff, I mean, I guess that kind of comes pretty naturally too. I think especially after a couple of years in lockdown, I've spent way too much time on social media. So I think, you know, like everyone, I think I'm pretty up to date with everything that's going on, you know, in in the world in, in many ways. So, yeah, but it was just so much fun to put it together. I have to ask, what games did you play? When you were younger? So probably my two favourite games when I was a teenager were called Baldur's Gate 2 and Diablo 2. They were kind of my two biggest ones. And so I kind of mashed them together and added some other elements to make the game in the book Fire of Dusk 2. <laughs> okay, that Baldur's Gate holds a special place in my heart. My husband and I used to play Yay. that so much. Like take days oh, off work so when good. we were you know, younger and have a day of just, okay, I can't admit to that. I don't do that now. Um, it's fine. But yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. In, in my youth when I was less responsible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's Baldur's Gate. Okay. <laughs> I know. And, and not many people actually know what the game is anymore, I don't think. Like I think Diablo 2 has a bit more of a following still because there's a Diablo 3, but mm. Baldur's Gate kind of, yeah, is a bit more niche. But I th- And I think what I loved most about both of those games, was particularly Baldur's Gate, was the storytelling. Mm. And there's, you know, I think that's still common in a lot of games, you know, especially those RPG games for teens. You know, they, they end up almost reading like a whole book when they're just playing through a game because the stories are so rich in those worlds. It's quite amazing. Well, that's it. You spend so many hours playing these games because you have to know what happens in the story. Yeah, it's riveting. Yes, that was me. Final Fantasy X. That was I had to, I had to, uh. had to know what happened. <laughs> Welcome to Newcastle Libraries. Your summer stories. Read, relax, and join the conversation. How different was it to write this book when compared to you know writing anything but fine? I mean, in some ways, it was very similar. Like my process is the same. Um, I'm a big planner. I love sort of, yeah, do all my plotting and and all of that in advance so I know where I'm going. But I think the main difference was that, you know, I wrote anything but fine before I had a literary agent, before I had a publisher. So I guess it felt a lot more free in the writing because I just, you know, had as long as I wanted and I could just do whatever I wanted. And if it didn't work out, no one would ever have to read it. But for Noah Mitchell, you know, I knew that um, the book would be published um, and I knew that people would eventually be reading Anything But Fine and I'd already had some really fantastic feedback on Anything But Fine from my publisher and some early readers. So I think, you know, as a writer, you put a weird level of pressure on yourself for a second book, you know, to make it as good as the first one or better, but also not the same and also not too different. It's a kind of a really weird space where you're, yeah, trying to find another voice for this character, but it can't stray too far from what you've already written or else, you know, it's not, you know, then super marketable. So it's a, it's a really weird thing. But I tried to ignore that and just focus on the fun of the writing process and, and bringing those characters to life. Well, I think you hit the mark for all of all of the good stuff that you're aiming for with this oh, one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually also I have to say one of my favourite parts of the whole book, and I don't know if it's wrong to say this, but it was the cameo from Luca and the crew. I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> you guys, ah! 
I do love that. That cameo actually is in a different part of the story, but it was a part when there was possibly a little too much other drama. People didn't notice it and people didn't even realize that they were there at first. So when I shifted it, it suddenly really hit the mark. And, you know, it's so small. Like if anyone's listening and they have read anything, but fine. It's, it's, it's a very small moment in the book, but um, it's been really, really lovely to see how much joy that tiny moment brings people who did read the first book. It's really cute. A big thing that I found with this one as well is you were, I guess it was the characters, like I loved a lot of the characters, you know, characters such like Noah and Eli, like, you know, little cinnamon rolls that I wanted to protect forever. And then you've got characters like Hawk and Simon, which I will happily throat punch. And it just, I guess, the relationships and the changing nature of the relationships for Noah as well, kind of with his mom, And I just... Yeah, I was just really, I don't know. I'm going, you know, just saying it's really well done. I really, really enjoyed, I guess, Noah's well, journey you. throughout the whole thing as well. And a lot of the characters seemed really real as well. I don't know. I'm still great. kind of, yeah. He's, I know I mentioned this before we did the interview earlier for um, anything but fine, how much I liked Luca's dad. But I have to say, mm. I really, I really liked Noah's mum as well. Like, you know, oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I, I don't think she gets enough cred. Like, you know, you see this is kind of vapid, doesn't kind of pay attention to Noah in the beginning part of it, but you kind of, you know, peel back the layers and see see the real her. And, and at the end of it, I kind of running through the book again today, I, I teared up again sort of towards towards the end with her. Um, yeah, I think um, Rose is my favourite character in the book and that relationship with Noah was probably my favourite thing to write in the whole story. And I think it's funny, like, With both of my books, I think I set out when I started planning them to write, you know, these kind of romance (laughs) stories, but I end up talking about so many other relationships aside Mm -hmm. from the the central romance. And I think the the parental ones in particular with, you know, Lucas' dad and anything but fine and and Noah and his mum in Take About Noah Mitchell, I just am really, really drawn to them. And I think, you know, in my life and in so many teenagers' lives, parents, teachers, guardians, carers, all of those kind of authority figures are such an important part of your life, even if it's rebelling against them. Like it doesn't have to be positive, but mm-hmm. those authority figures just have such a huge impact. And I, and I think, you know, it's something we probably don't explore enough in YA. It's very easy to like kill off <laughs> protagonist's parents and just have everyone as orphans running around doing whatever they please. But I just, yeah, I really love delving into those relationships. And I think for Noah and his mum, you know, it's so different. Um, from Luca and his dad, which is a really beautiful kind of generally quite easy relationship. You know, Noah and his mum just struggle with each other. They don't really like any of, of the same things. They don't see eye to eye on anything really. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people can empathize with that, you know, trying to navigate that, particularly as a teenager where it feels like, you know, your parents and the world are kind of out to get you a little bit. And I think, yeah, it was just so much fun to explore and to have those moments where, and Noah, you know, goes, oh, my mum is a person. She's not just my mother, um, which I think is something we all have with our parents at some point. So, yeah, it was just it was fascinating to explore and, and I just I love her so much. <laughs> Definitely. I said she was one of my favourite characters as well. What, I guess, talking about that, what scene was the easiest and the most fun to write and what was the hardest? Easiest to write. I really like writing like awkward scenes. Um, so I think probably one of the easiest ones to write was the scene in the hotel room with Noah and Eli, which I won't give any spoilers, but, um, it's, you know, a moment where they're trying to navigate, you know, 
some intimacy. And I think, you know, that kind of just came out very easily because I um, had some pretty vivid flashbacks to my own um, <laughs> sort of, you know, young adult days kind of just, I don't know, I just, I, I gravitate towards cringy things very easily as a writer because I think they, they stand out so clearly in my memory. So I think that was probably one of the easiest scenes. Any of the scenes really between Noah and Eli were very, very easy. I love just writing dialogue and banter and that sort of stuff. So um, they all flowed pretty well. I think in terms of the hardest scene, I think sort of some of the scenes towards the end of the book where there are some, you know, bigger revelations and characters kind of having to explain their motivations and that sort of stuff was pretty hard to navigate just because the logistics of all of that and like, you know, drawing on all these memories from the past and all these experiences and things that have happened for all the characters to kind of justify their motivations enough for the reader that it kind of all made sense. Like that, I think, was pretty pivotal. And so I spent a lot of time trying to get that right. And there are a few different versions of those events from the past that I worked through to sort of, yeah, to make it feel right and so that it had the, you know, the right amount of gravity for those characters so they were probably the hardest one what do you hope people take away with them after reading your books i mean with take about noah mitchell i think you know for me if everyone went away from it you know just knowing that they are worthy of love you know no matter who they are or what they look like or what they do or how they feel about themselves just you know everyone is worthy of love and is lovable and will find that, you know, in their lives if that's something that they're looking for. I think that's kind of one of the big things, um, particularly for Noah. It's just, you know, him coming to terms with his own worth as a person. Okay, I think I just melted into a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that actually comes through in the book. You're, you might be sitting there being like, well, it's definitely not that. But... No, it was beautiful. And I said, I loved Noah's journey. And that was exactly that. He came from, you know, hating himself in the beginning, being this kind of closed off sort of person to, you know, realizing that he has all these friends and, and yeah, he is worthy of love. Again, yeah. Noah, cinnamon roll. I will protect him with my life. <laughs> Your summer stories are available anytime, anywhere. Just download the Newcastle Libraries app. And access your summer stories, plus thousands just like them, today. Are there any other books that you would recommend for people who enjoy Take a Bow, Noel Mitchell, or even Anything But Fine? Probably lots. This is always such a hard question. I'm literally sitting here in my study looking at my bookshop now trying to scan for the ones that might be good. I think, obviously, like anything by Becky Albertalli would be um, very suitable, I think. I think it's kind of a similar kind of vibe. Um, the Heartstopper graphic novels, definitely... Books by people like Phil Stamper and Sophie Gonzalez and um, Gary Lonesbra. So many, honestly, so many. If anyone's ever looking for a book recommendation, just go and scroll back through my Instagram because <laughs> I've put them all on there and there are it's a never-ending thing. I'm just sitting here going, yeah, like you're, you're marking off authors and I'm going, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. <laughs> what is your most favourite and least favourite tropes to read and write? I think through books that I've already written, one of my favourite tropes is Friends for Lovers, which um, may or may not happen in both of my books. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I just love that. I love that vibe. I think it's um, a real a very realistic trope and I think we get that a lot in real life and I certainly experienced that with my husband before we were married. We were friends for quite some time. Um, so I think I, I really love reading that and writing that. 
I think one that I don't often enjoy reading is Enemies to Lovers. I think it just really reminds me of some <laughs> like painful teen memories of my own where, you know, I think even not just for me, but even seeing my friends kind of treated, you know, in a really mean way by people that they were interested in. And, you know, that kind of treat them mean, keep them keen thing that happens in Australia and everywhere. I don't know if kids still say that, but um, that used to be a very big thing back in my day. And it just, yeah, I don't, I think, I've read some really brilliant books that have done enemies to lovers or probably more like rivals to lovers actually that have done that really, really well. But there are a lot, I think, that do it really poorly and it just kind of makes me cringe because I'm just like, why would you want that person to like you? They are so mean. Mm. This is silly. Go to someone else. There's so many nice people in the world. You don't need to, you know, bend over backwards to this person who's just really awful to you. I just, yeah, I struggle to connect with it. But like I said, there are some that I've read that have been done really, really well, where it's just so believable and they have this valid reason, you know, for disliking each other. Then I'm like, yes, I'm on board with this. Yeah, definitely. I think Amnesty Lovers is one of my absolute favourites, but I'm not on board for bully romance, which I think is that's that's that side of it where yeah, you're just, totally. just flat out mean to start with. And again, why, why would you want to be with someone who treats you like that? I don't get it. Yeah. But to each their own. I don't yuck someone's yum. No, 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 it's of just... course. And that's the thing. There's, there's a million of them and most of them sell millions of copies. So, you know, if that's what you love, by all means. Have at. All right. Are there any sneak peeks you can give us on your next project? Yeah. I mean, I've been like very deep in an editing hole for the last couple of weeks. So it's all very fresh in my mind. Yes. Um, all the book three stuff. Um, I can't really say too much, but um, it is um, set in the protagonist's first year out of high school. So it's another sort of step forward from Noah Mitchell, which is set in year 12. Mm-hmm. And there's a pretty big travel element in the book. Again, I really just like writing about things that I enjoy and I haven't been able to travel for a very long time. So I think, um, you know, planning that book in lockdown and and working on it sort of all of this year um, was really nice to visit some, you know, exotic places um, that I haven't been able to get to in real life. So, yeah, I'm I'm super excited um, for everyone to read it whenever it, and then whenever it ends up being published. But, yeah, it's very different, but probably, I don't know, it feels very different, but it's still me writing it, so it's probably the same. So it's going to be awesome is what you're telling me. Um, I hope so. I really do. It's, um, you know, it's, well, it's sort of the same world. So the character um, has grown up in Ballarat, like my first two books, but then they're sort of, you know, taking this big leap away from home. So it's kind of rounding out my little almost Ballarat trilogy, which is really fun and really exciting. Are there going to be any cameos in this one? There, I believe there is one small cameo, yes. (laughs) It's very small again, Um, but it does make me smile whenever I come across it. Or I've got almost to the end, which makes me very sad. Um, but I've got, to, I know we did it last time where we had some like getting to know you questions and I'm like, well, I can't ask you those ones because I've already asked you those ones. So I have some new ones for you if, ah, you, if you're up for amazing. it. Yeah. Excellent. All right. What was the last book that you read? The last book that I read was The Charm Offensive by Alison Cochran. Oh, how good is that? 
Yeah, I love that. I read it on holiday, um, which is the perfect vibe. There it is. I've I've gone in. I've read that at the beginning of the year, and actually reread it again oh, about maybe a month or so ago. So it's a oh, bit, of a, a bit of a comfort read. It's so good. Such an easy read, which I always love. Yeah. Your favorite travel destination? Talking about you know wanting to travel and whatnot. Ah, uh, my favorite travel destination is in general Italy, but specifically Positano. Why? It's just stunning. Oh my God. And Italy, like Italy is my favorite thing in the world. Um, but yeah, Positano down on the Amalfi Coast, it's just so glorious. It just feels like another world. It's just, yeah, incredibly beautiful. Okay. We've gone to that is what is your favorite international food? My favorite international food. I mean, it like, it is Italian food, but to spare me from saying, saying the same answer twice, I will say Japanese food because it is next level. It's like in Japan, the Japanese food and the sushi, the ramen, oh my God, like just everything. I just die for it. It's incredible. Uh, when I was last there, we had an unhealthy obsession with the curry. I, everywhere you went, if you could get the curry, uh, that's what you had there. It is yeah. divine. Uh, just every single thing over there. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, the food is amazing. Um, and what's the last TV show you binged? The last TV show I binged, I mean, well, technically the last show that I binged was um, the entirety of Grey's Anatomy. So I watched all 18 seasons in quick succession this year while my husband was away in Melbourne working. So I, um, yeah, smashed through 18 seasons in about, I think, like maybe five, five or six months. Oh, my goodness. Um, which was quite an undertaking. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, it's just my favourite thing in the world. I've seen it all before, like a million times. Um, I probably rewatch it like once every, I don't know, like two or three years. I just can't stop myself. It just like just makes me cry so much, but I love it more than anything. <laughs> Fair enough. And I think, you know, obviously I'm podcasting. We don't have you here face to face because there is some fairly big news that you, you know, might be leaving the country. Do you want to share anything more about that with our listeners? Yeah. So, yeah, my husband and I are moving to New York, which is tremendously exciting and, you know, a very big kind of scary step. But um, my husband is an actor, so it's kind of the place to be for him. And I mean, you know, being a writer and having worked in publishing and stuff, um, New York's kind of also a bit of a hot spot, you know, for all things literary. So I'm really excited to get over there and hopefully, you know, be able to introduce my book to a few more American readers, you know, by doing events and stuff over there. Um, and I'll miss Australia so much. I'll miss Sydney more than I can say, um, but I'm sure I'll be popping back over from time to time for some events and stuff like that. But it's all very exciting. It is very, very exciting. I'm, I'm you know, part of me is very sad that we, we didn't get to see you again, but I am, yeah, very, very happy that you're getting to do something so exciting. Yeah, thank you. And you'll have to let us know if when you're back in so that you can come in and visit us at the library. Definitely. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thank you again so much for taking the time to talk to us. We'll read again with you the next book. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Your Summer Stories from Newcastle Libraries. Why not take a dip and a sip, then rate and review us wherever you listen. This has been a Newcastle Libraries Real Production.